an interesting story. Jesus said to someone else, follow me. Jesus said to someone else, follow me. Jesus said to someone else, follow me. The title for my sermon was going to be that. And then things happen. Things happen. Because I thought, isn't that basic to our faith? Isn't that basic to our faith walk? Isn't that basic to our understanding as a child of God and a member of Christ's church? To follow. To follow Jesus' story. To follow Jesus' journey. To follow Jesus' way. Jesus' example. Jesus' mission. To follow Jesus now. And so I had it all planned. I mean, I, I was ready. I was ready. But then something happened. Anybody here watch Rachel Maddow? I mean, anybody? Okay. <laughs> I'm in good company. Have you ever noticed that sometimes, especially in recent months, she'd open her show with, she'd say something like this. She'd say, my staff and I have been working all day on my script. And then just five minutes ago, I had to throw it all out and lead with this headline. Well, that's what's happened to me this past week, and it started on Friday morning. Here are a few things I experienced from God in the past 48 hours. I had a plan. I was working on my sermon all week long, and then God said, Eric, Eric, I'm a jovial woman with a raucous sense of humor, and I am laughing at your plans. <laughs> Follow me. I had a plan. And God said, Eric, I am a mother, and I'm asking you to please set aside your plans, because I'm afraid. Follow me. I, I made a plan. And God said, Eric, I was just born, and I want to live. Follow me. I had a plan, and God said, Eric, I am the reason for it all. Follow me. Now, I didn't get a call from God. I got a call from Simakovsky Law about a family, a family that's traveled that long, life-threatening journey on foot from Honduras to the U.S.-Mexican border. Were they scavenging for food? Were they, were they sleeping on concrete floors? Were they battling dehydration and blistering heat? Were they threatened by traffickers? Were they threatened by officers? Ina didn't have any specifics for us. We can only infer at this point, based on what we read in the news, of other families on foot traveling here. And then they arrived at the border and they waited in line. They waited a long time in line because they wanted to cross the border legally. Did they wait days? Did they wait weeks? Did they wait months? Again, we don't know. No details. 
And when they finally entered the United States, they were a family of three. A mother, a father, and a little toddler, three or four. Again, I don't know the age. And the mother was pregnant. And she was nearing the end of her term. And she gave birth. She gave birth under the most difficult of circumstances. Was it? Was she in detention? Was she on a cold concrete floor? Was, was there anybody else in attendance? Was her other child present with her? Or worse, was her other child separated in another building? Was there a bed? Was she permitted to, to be transported to and cared for in a hospital again? Again, we don't know. What we do know is that 48 hours after she gave birth, the family was loaded onto a bus, a hot Greyhound bus whose destination was Canton, Ohio. And this family traveled for four days. And the family in Canton who accepted the phone call from the border agents confirmed that they would accept them in Canton. But it's, it's not clear whether this family really wants them. And so Ina called and said, I wonder if Just North could help. Does any of this sound familiar? Does any of this resonate with stories of our faith journey, our faith history, our faith tradition? Was there ever a narrative about a young mother and a young father who were seeking to comply with the law, who were forced to give birth under the most unfavorable circumstances because the president said there was no room in the country, oh, I'm sorry, I mean, <laughs> no room in the inn. It's a familiar story. It's a human story. It's a heart story. It's our story in that way. And then the remainder of the day on Friday and again on Saturday, it's really, gosh, you know, you make plans and then the spirit moves. And then the spirit blows. And then the spirit calls. It disrupts and invites and compels and urges and has its way. So the Spirit moves, and this, this coming together of people from diversion places and faiths, people offering networking and support and, 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 and outreach, if we should decide, if we should decide to respond to this human, this human, this humanitarian, if you will, ministry opportunity. Now, I can tell you that this family's in the country legally. That is, they were paroled at the border because they waited, because they slept on the floors, because they waited and waited and managed to survive while they waited. They're not subject to deportation by ICE. They have six months to file a claim for asylum. The immigration court in Ohio, up in Cleveland, is backed up. So, their claim could take months, maybe even years. 
And they can even last well beyond the next election cycle. For now, and for the foreseeable future, this family, I understand, is legally safe. They're free to come and go. They're free to ride that bus that stops at the corner of Reed and Henderson Road. And Simikovsky Law is offering pro bono legal counsel. They're willing to file that asylum claim to help the family find employment so that they can begin to support this family, so they can eventually obtain housing and independence and a safe new way of life. I'm pleased today to welcome Reverend Joan Van Besselaer and her husband Jerry, good friends, uh, uh, well, new friends and hopefully good friends as we develop a partnership. She's the director of the Unitarian Universalist Justice Ohio, or as, as Leslie likes to say, the UUJO, Unitarian Universalist Justice Ohio. And that organization is understands, that organization is organized, that organization is responsive, that organization is ready to partner with us, to offer diapers and groceries and fresh clothing and infant supplies and whatever this family would need. And really all they need is a place to land, a place to rest, to to regroup, to, to breathe in and breathe out, to recover, to recover some economic st stability, some, some kind of employment, some, some deep and regenerative sleep, some safe and peaceful housing, some, some real welcoming, some real loving, some real loving. And so this is one of those outward-faced ministry opportunities of Just North Church. Several of us met at last minute. Again, that's how the Spirit works. A lot of the folks from the ministry team and some of the leadership of the congregation met for several hours. In good company, Ina was able uh, to attend as well. Uh, and we talked about this possibility. And uh, Ina's, uh, one of Ina's staff members, Lauren, was actually on the phone, we learned later on, with that family while we were meeting. And they are interested in meeting with us, or at least having some folks go up to Canton, some folks like Norma, and some folks from the ministry to, uh, uh, sanctuary ministry and go up and meet this family in Canton and tell our story and show that we can be trusted, and to show that we can offer real welcome, we can extend real love. And that may happen. That may happen this coming week. It's all so fluid right now. It's all so happening because the spirit is blowing and we're called to respond. So if you'd like to stay after worship today, if you'd like to learn more, to ask questions, to continue the dialogue, if you'd like to help us consider whether this is something we want to undertake, it's not sanctuary, it's respite care. It's deep respite care, providing a safe and sacred space for this new family to begin a new journey together. So if you'd like to be part of that conversation, let's meet maybe 10 minutes after worship ends. We'll meet down in the front and we'll talk for 45 minutes or an hour. I know we got a movie at 1.30. 
and we'll show that as well, but for those who want to be a part of that conversation. How are we following Jesus in our family of faith? What have we learned from the resilience team that we can carry into this conversation? What are we learning from the creating team that we can carry into this moment? We've learned that we need to be mindful of each other. We, we need to remember that first and foremost, we're together, a community, dare I say, a family, a family of faith. And at times, our activities and commitments, they can stress us, they can tire us, they can confuse us, and then we can be out of sorts, and then we need to seek to rebalance our lives. And that's why we're here for each other to embrace each other, to listen to one another. Not to correct, not to challenge. So sometimes correction for me is good. Sometimes challenge for me is good. But to be there for each other. And it's also okay we've learned here to say, you know, that's really exciting. Things you're, for, if I can pick on Dawn. Those things you're doing, Dawn, are really exciting, but not for me right now. I've got this going on or I've got too much going on, or I'm looking at doing nothing for a while, and I'm going to get it going on. <laughs> and that's okay, too. That's how we take care of each other and manage that balance in our lives. And then at times you just may be asked, do you like to cook? Or do you like to drive? Or do you like to crochet? Or do you like to counsel folks who feel overextended? Or... or do you like to soothe newborns and give a mom a rest? I know nobody here wants to do that, right? <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, sometimes they ask is an easy answer because, yes, I want to step into that. But whatever ministry you're involved in, whatever ministry we share, that we do together, we do one-on-one, -on -one, this is about supporting one another in the life we have together here at North Church. Let me add just a couple of other thoughts. So we come to worship or we come to a meeting or we come to a Bible study or we come to a music uh, practice and we notice somebody's missing. Do you reach out or do you just say, well, they know what they're doing. They must be busy too. Do you reach out or do you say, oh, I don't want to intrude. I don't want them to think I'm concerned about them. I'll just leave, I'll just leave her alone. I'll just trust that. Or do you talk in your social circles beyond North Church about things happening here that might interest them, that might engage them, that might provide that opportunity for your coworker who's so angry, so upset? so frustrated with no outlet to do something about that, like the children at the border, do you invite her to come? Do you say to him, you might, you might like this. This might meet your need. Do you ask them to join in? We are a community of faith. How do we come together, talk together, decide together, act as a family of faith together, as members and friends? How do we do that as followers of Jesus? Our gospel reading said that Jesus said to someone else, follow 
me. May I suggest, when Jesus spoke to someone else, Jesus was speaking to you. To you. To you and me. Jesus says, follow me. Follow me.